You're listening to the Ace Broadcasting Network. This week on For Crying Out Loud. Well, I'd like her to go out on the road and do 90 minutes. <laughs> and I'll stay home and complain about how rough Dis- Disneyland, what a, how brutal Disneyland was. <laughs> While you're in Milwaukee doing 90 minutes, two shows. I would love that, by the way. This that, I'd be real, all this for a, that. This is a typical husband-wife thing, though. You realize yeah, that, right? But it's now not like I special am, to you guys. I'm more, I am involved. Ness, Ness. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. 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 You said, though, you were going to go to therapy, though. Well, I got to make more money. For therapy. Check out an all-new episode of For Crying Out Loud this Monday or visit cryingoutloudshow.com only on the Ace Broadcasting Network. From Level 5 City in Glendale, it's This Week with Larry Miller. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, and everyone who likes superhero underwear. Hi, folks. Welcome back to This Week with Larry Miller. I'm Larry Miller, but in a way, aren't we all? And before we do anything, don't they sound good? Wait! Hold on! Wait! Hold on just a second! Stop the presses! Rip out page one for a rewrite! For a page one rewrite! Hold everything. Everyone stand perfectly still. We, on This Week with Larry Miller, have made a mistake. That's correct. Well, I have made a mistake. And it is at an erratum, right? Actually, it's two mistakes. So it is errata. I have made errata. I have made an error. And I wanted to start the show by telling you what it was. I, proving once again, even I, can sometimes be wrong. And last week, I did a whole bit and told you about a a story of having gone to Ray's Really Good Beef Jerky. It was a store on the way to Mammoth on the Drive, and something else is going to come up this week about that, by the way. But I told you how much fun it was to see all those signs in a row like the old Burma Shave signs, and I told you how much we enjoyed making a specific stop and how it felt like, well, small-town old America somehow, right on the road up through central and eastern California, I think it is, and it was so much fun, and I told you we got... Oh, that, that I just love the name. Ray's Really Good Beef Jerky. I just love that he says it's really good. And that every product there is called Ray's Really Good Pistachios. And Ray's Really Good. And there were martini olives stuffed with jalapenos. And they, we got a bunch of things. And as part of that, though, I told you that one of my kids had had the beef jerky later. And I said, so is it really good? And he said, no, it's pretty good. And that I... As part of the show, made a theme of saying, you know what? It's good enough that he did it so well that he got us in there and that he had such terrific original ad- advertising. But, folks, I am here to tell you I was wrong. I also got another package of Ray's really good beef jerky. And after taping the show last week, I went home and 
A, I opened that up, and it is no kidding. It is not only really good, it is, without question, the best beef jerky I've ever had. And, by the way, no one has written to us, no one has complained about anything. Ray or someone from there hasn't called and said, gee, we have really terrific stuff, why did you say that? And no one has called to say, I'm glad you like the signs, and I'm glad you stopped in, and I'm glad you're coming back, but you really have to try this stuff. Folks, I was wrong. It is really good beef jerky, and I got the extra spicy one. It's really good. It was moist and chewy and just felt great. I mean, we've all had beef jerkies before, but this was terrific. Not only that, there are more mistakes. I sat down, mixed myself up a very special Super Daddy Martini, and I popped in one of his jalapeno stuffed olives, and there was so much... So much good energy from the beef jerky, I realized I was wrong about the mar martini olives, too. They were really good. And now I have one every time I have a martini, and it's a big jar. <laughs> and I've had, I don't know, 38 of them so far. But that is really good, too. Plus, there's more. There are more mistakes that were made. One of my kids also got Ray's really good honey with lemon that Ray and his wife make themselves. And I don't even like honey. I really don't. I never got that, by the way, in the Bible. They always say, you know, and honey, it's sweet like honey. And here, you put honey and it makes everything wonderful. I never liked honey. I didn't quite get it. Plus, it's too messy on the cap. I can't believe that we've gone 6,000 years now and can't do better honey caps, where my wife actually had to show him that, oh, by the way, you wipe off the rim and you wipe off the little threads on the jar so that way it doesn't get so sticky. But, folks, I am telling you, I tried. We made a whole thing of just a big plate of apple slices and dipped them in the honey. Folks, it is really good honey. He was right again. He was right again. It is really good lemon honey. So I am proud to tell you, if there's one thing I've told my kids, and this is the absolute truth, and as you know, our stock and trade here on This Week with Larry Miller is we never lie. We, uh, not about this anyway, but I mean, we... Always, the, all these stories are true, number one. And I'll always tell you what I think and what I really believe. And, I, and I've done this with my kids so many times. I have said to them, and I mean it every time, when something comes up in our family, and I always say, you know, I was wrong there. And then I always underline it afterwards. And I say, by the way, in life, it's always important to remember, always admit you were wrong. There's nothing wrong with being wrong. There are a lot of cultures that can't lose face. There are a lot of places in the world for thousands of years and thousands of years from now that just can't say, you know what? I think I was wrong there. Where individuals can't say it, groups can't say it. And you know what? There's nothing I love more than saying, I think I was wrong there. It happens creatively. If, if I'm acting in something on a movie set or on, a, or on a TV show, I always get the chance to try, hey, how about this? How about that? Maybe this will be good. What do you think of this? And sometimes, about three or four out of ten times, I'll be right and the stuff will stay in. But every so often, I'll pitch something. How about this? How about that? Let me try it one take. Let me do this. And then I'll realize, and I'll just glance at the director, and we'll both go, yeah, no, that wasn't good. You know what? And, uh, and I've had directors come over and say, you know, it's okay that that wasn't good because the other one and I always stop, and I always hold a hand up and say, buddy, let me tell you something. You are looking at someone who loves to be wrong because if I'm wrong six or seven times, that means I'll be right the other three times and... I can't get to the three right ones if I haven't done the wrong ones. So I always tell my kids this. Emotionally, and especially in a family setting, always admit you were wrong. And I say this because I say to them, 
you're going to go to a lot of places in the world where people don't admit that. As you go through high school and college and your first jobs and everything you do when you get an apartment, you know, a lot of people, most people, almost all people, I don't want to be too cynical, but almost all people, I think, really will never say, I think I was wrong there. So it's, to me, a great a great virtue to be able to not only say you were wrong, but but to love it. So I am proud to say to Ray and all his really good stuff, you are right. That stuff is really, really good. And the next time we drive up to Mammoth, if we get there again, and I think we're going to try and go next year, because I can promise you that on two counts. First of all, my wife made the last trip without telling me about it, so I think we're going to go again. I think she's going to do it again and just not tell me. She said, by the way, she said this the other night. We were both relaxing. She said, uh, she was reading an article. She said, uh, you know, I want to go to, to Venice in Italy. I want to take the kids there and next, next winter, maybe next December. Now, that's if you're married. Well, Colonel Jeff and Dr. Chris are not married, but I still think they have enough sense to realize when you hear something like that, you can't just answer it right away. You can't just say no or why. You have to be more like the the willow tree that bends in the breeze. And you have to say, uh, well, that sounds, that sounds great. Here's where I made my mistake, though, because when I was single, my friends, the Hamiltons, were living in England, and uh, this, is, oh, this is in the late 80s, and I went to, I had a zillion miles on American Airlines, and I went to visit them in England, and then we went to Venice, Italy for three days. So like a chump, like the idiot I really am, I said to him when she said... You know, I want to go to Venice, Italy sometime, maybe next year. I think we should take the kids. I think we should see Venice, Italy. Instead of just being the willow tree and nodding and smiling and saying, wow, that's great. What, what stupid thing did I do? What male thing did I do? What idiot guy thing did I do? I chimed right in and said, you know, I've been to Venice. I went with the Hamiltons. To which you can all see, man or woman out there, you can see her next response of course, is the fists on the hips and saying, well, you get to go everywhere. I think we should go to Venice. And at that point, well, now I'm dead. I've dug myself a hole. But the point is, folks, always be, always be honest and always say, you know what? I think I was wrong there. So I have more to tell you, by the way, about that skiing trip. But now that we have had our hold the presses and our stop the presses and our hold on to everything... I was wrong, remarks. Now, let's turn all the lights on in the studio again and bring everything back up to speed. And here we go again. Boy, aren't they terrific as always, of course. That's the Mark Casebolt Orchestra and the Jody Lampert Dancers featuring boy tenor Grant Young asking the musical question, what in God's name ever happened to preparations A through G? Which I think is a terrific question. In fact, the colonel thought so, too, and the doctor thought so, too. And, uh, by the way, I think I, did, I think I know what happened to preparations A through G. My answer is Area 51. I, I think that's, that's where they all went. There are no aliens there. There are just human growths that become so large and miss, that preparations A through G actually made them grow. And so I think there are actually growths there that began to look like aliens. And that's what happened. So Area 51, by the way, which then begs the question, what happened to Areas 1 through 50? If we're talking about preparations A through G, what happened to Areas 1 through 50? 
I don't know. Maybe they're summer homes now. And by Amazon. That's right. Amazon.com, which is the greatest place to go to get anything in the world, anything made in the world. But how do you do it? You don't go to Amazon.com. You might say, well, Larry, do I go to Amazon.com? You don't. You don't do that. What you do is you go to our show's website, which is, as Jeff just put up there, quick like the bunny, not slow like the bear, quick like the bunny. And the show's webcast website, oh, whatever it is, is, of course, LarryMillerPodcast.com. That's LarryMillerPodcast.com. And there'll be a banner there that says Amazon. And that's what you click. And that's what you hit. Then you go, that takes you to Amazon. And then we, we get all sorts of dough from that. Oh, boy. Wait, wait till you see. And in fact, though, so we're, they're, they're very good, as we're fond of saying. They, they help the lights stay on over here at Ace Broadcasting. And the only thing you cannot get there, as you know, is an actual Amazon. And if you, if you do, if you find one, and if you find a place to get them, please call us. So, by the way, there's something I have to tell you about before the joke of the week about mentioning Mark Casebolt for the Mark Casebolt Orchestra tonight. Mark had written something in, and he wanted to be the boy tenor, but he didn't send a question. What he sent was, so cool. We dig you guys so much. And we really do. It's very gratifying that we've had... By the way, I've mentioned uh, before I'm going to talk about Tom Krull again because there's a safety razor update tonight. But I also have to mention again and again and again and again Chris Baker, who was the one who sent in that fabulous leg lamp from A Christmas Story. And that is my drinking lamp. I have set, put pictures on, uh, on our Facebook page on that with captions on them. It is so much fun. That is... Uh, that when the drinking lamp is lit, there was that old phrase, "The smoking lamp is lit," which I guess was a, was a lamp on on board ship. I'm I'm guessing, because lamps probably weren't really big on say Okinawa during an invasion. I'm guessing that the lamps were on the ships, and when the smoking lamp was lit, the guys could all uh, have a smoke. And in fact, my dad, God bless him, that's he was the he used to say that's how he started was in the service because they'd say, "Okay, everyone who smokes can take a smoking break now," and in those days, if you didn't if you didn't have a cigarette with everything, everyone else, they'd say, "Okay, Miller, you go paint everything that's on a rock, while everyone else has this has this smoking rake. You paint all the rocks." So, at any rate, though, when the drinking lamp is lit, that that's what Chris Baker sent in. It is so cool, and it's very gratifying. And Mark Case Bolt just sent one of the coolest things we've ever gotten. We do have. Uh, this week with Larry Miller, by the way, museum that Jeff has set up on top of his desk. And it has a few of, uh, of these items that are very funny. And I'm telling you, folks, it's very gratifying because that it, it means, again, you get us and we get you. We're very glad to be making this, uh, this show together. So Mark Casebolt sent in. He had made up a box of swizzle sticks and on them is printed in bold... What delicate blue letters, and Pluto is a planet. And you know what? We saw that. The colonel said to me when I came in tonight, he said, uh, Larry, sit down for a second. I want to show you something. And I could have sworn, by the way, he'd seen that I'd stolen his wallet. But I, it wasn't that. It was that he actually had these things. And so, Mark, thank you. We're going to do a few things. First of all, we're going to put a few of them. It looks like there are about 100 of them. It's in a great white box, 
and they're clear plastic. They're perfect. They're swizzle sticks. And I think uh, what maybe we should do with it is uh, we'll put a handful of them in the muse museum, number one, and uh, maybe we'll split the rest or we'll put a few away for safekeeping. But uh, the colonel, the doctor, and I will split some up, and I'm going to be taking them home. They're, they're highball mixers, I guess. I was about to say they're not right to stick an olive with. They're not martini swizzle sticks, but that doesn't matter. I'm going to use this one, make myself some kind of highball, uh, some kind of classic highball, like a whiskey and ginger or something like that, and where you stir it up with one of these things. And it's not an umbrella, by the way. Nothing against umbrella drinks. Every so often in life, an umbrella drink is fun, as I'll bet you know. But you know what? Mark Casebolt, thank you, pal. It was so cool. Pretty neat thing to come into. And now it's time for, yes, yes, it's true, the joke of the week. And this time, by the way, it was sent in by Kevin Lauderdale, who had a great build-up to this. He wrote in that uh, his dad, who was Swedish, always, always used to love Oli and Lena jokes. Now, I think these are essentially every, every race, every nationality, every tribe, every everything has its own jokes, I think. So when he says Swedish, I'm guessing that's similar to the Sam and Becky jokes, like Jewish jokes or an older couple that does this. Sometimes they only work for that one ethnic group. But I think this one, it's perfect as an Oli and Lena joke. And you won't even need any explanation. But I think it might work for other groups. But it's perfect in this one. So here's his joke. Oli is dying. What a good start to any joke, by the way. <laughs> and, and what a happy nationality they must be. No, but it's true. Here's the Oli and Lena joke. Oli is dying. He's upstairs in his bed in the house. And he's dying. And he's in the bed. And, and he calls out. He's blinking his eyes. And he calls out, Lena, Lena. Lena, are you there? Sweetheart, Lena. And she says, yes, Oli, I'm here. Les, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Oh, Lena, what about my brother, Sven? Is he here? And Sven steps up and says, yes, Oli, I'm here. Oli, okay, Oli, Oli's, Lena is here and Sven is here. What about our children? What about Inga and Lars? Are they here too? And she says, yes, 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 Oli, don't worry, sweetheart. Inga and Lars are here too. And, and, and Oli says, so everyone's upstairs in the room. She says, yes. And then he says, so why are the lights on downstairs? What, do you think I made of money? And I thought that was a pretty good joke that, that Kevin sent in, and I hope I did it justice there. And uh, the colonel thought that was a good joke. And uh, you can change the speech pattern a little bit to jokes. You can, make, you can put it in your own speech pattern with your own rhythms, but that's just great. Still, somewhere in the middle of Sweden, somewhere in 1914 in the middle of Sweden... In the middle of a cold winter night, even in northern Sweden, you know, those are big, long countries, and they're very dark there in the winter. And in the middle of the night, dying up in bed, this is still the only thing on his mind. Why are the lights on in the house like a night game? That is timelessly mail. So thank you, Kevin. That was a, that was a pretty good joke. And now, a safety razor update. That's right. And that's thanks again to Tom Crawl. I am using that safety razor every day, and he sent enough blades so that I'm trying a different one each time. Now, I tried one that was Asta, A-S-T-A. That's the brand name, which, as I think I mentioned, was very appealing to me because that was the name of Nick and Nora Charles' dog. 
And that was fine, but I, I kind of – they were great, by the way. But I more or less cut myself to ribbons. Now, that's, that's not a plus when you're shaving because then you look like Frankenstein, actually. You look like you have those lines with the stitches on them. And uh, so I moved on to Gillette 7 and then to Shark and now to Lord. So I'm trying one of each. And I do four shaves per blade, by the way. I wash the blade out afterwards and then I turn it over and put it back in the razor for the next day's shave so that I'm shaving on the other side now. And so far I'm doing four shaves per blade, which I don't think is overdoing it. I think you ought to be able to do at least probably six or eight shaves per blade. Or, by the way, remember those things? This is big in the 70s and 80s. Didn't they have those things, these electromagnetic blade sharpeners? You put it in the blade, and then it sends out a freakazoid sound wave, and it just sharpens them just by... All you have to do is glare at the blade. You have to look very, very powerfully at it. But I wanted to thank Tom again because it is so cool. And, by the way, I'm going to try the Astas again. I'm going back to Asta because I think maybe my technique is getting better, and I think I'm just getting better at it. But I'll tell you what, I don't think it's just a passing fancy for me. I think this puts a little more weight and a little more dignity into our daily lives to have a really intricate device like that nice safety razor you sent me. So thanks, pal. That's the safety razor update. And by the way, we don't have a medicine cabinet. So we don't have a place where I, I've told you about. You know about this if you grew up anywhere in the last 40, 50 years, that all medicine cabinets in all houses, in all suburbs, all over the United States used to have a little hole in the back of the medicine cabinet that was for used razor blades. So the medicine cabinet would set inside right next to the studs there in the wall so there wasn't any insulation going down. The blades would drop down to the ground and with any luck at all actually decapitate a worm as they came shooting down. So all the worms get... get get to just scream, chase it, the cops, and and run away. But they're, they're, they can't run very fast, of course. But we don't have a medicine cabinet. We don't have a medicine cabinet with a slot like that in it. So what I've been doing, I think in this way, it's fine. I'd rather have a medicine cabinet with a, with a slot, but we don't. We just have mirrors stuck on the walls, and then we have regular cabinets under the sink. And I've been using an Old Spice aftershave box. So I take the bottle out. And I've been using, that's the stuff I've been using for a long time, ever since I started shaving. In fact, I think since anyone ever started shaving. But it's it's very comical to me that Old Spice is now marketing itself as such a hip thing. And that, I yeah, now it's come around again. Someone said to me, you know, it's really come around again. Now it's hip. But, which, of course, it's stupid because that's not why I'm using it. That's not why I've used it. But I'm using the box. I Now I just did one today. I take the used blade and I slide it into the top of the box. It just stays closed. And... Wow, how long would it take to fill that up? Not as long as it would take to fill the space in a house between the studs up in 1963. But still a pretty long time. More important, though, we need to have a FECTA update. That 8 FECTA, I sent the pictures uh, last week on the Facebook page. The 8 FECTA is working so perfectly. There's going to be a picture of it up there this week for this show, by the way, this episode. It worked perfectly. It looked ugly. When you go back last week to the Facebook page and take a look at it, it looks like a work of art and not a nice one, not a good one. It looks like uh, the kind of modern art where most people would say, wow, can't you just paint something to look like the guy? 
because to me, that's, by the way, that's my definition of art. I can't do that. I can't make a painting that looks like the guy. I can't make a sculpture that looks like the guy. I can't draw something that looks like the guy. To me, that's great art. Hey, look at that. It just looks like, it looks exactly like that guy. To me, that's what artists are great for. Not doing something where a giant piece of metal swoops to the left. Regardless, this Fechter worked so well, so perfectly. If I do say so myself, and I realize I may be setting myself up for the Tower of Babel fall I endured almost a year ago in Fechter World, where it shook me so much that I couldn't even put two together anymore. But I have dropped this one, the eight Fechter. I have dropped it in the shower, and it not only didn't crack, didn't break, nothing, not only, nothing fell off at all, didn't chip. It just bumped a little the way soap does. That's how strong this one is. And I'll send you the picture. It'll be on the Facebook page. It is so strong that it's actually just become a slightly discolored lump, which makes it perfect for me. So in any case, I'm very, very proud of, of, of the Fecta update. And by the way, there are certain things that may be a little on the stupid side that I, I'm proud of. You're going to see a picture this week again. It may be on the cover of my Flash underpants. Now, when I say Flash underpants, I don't mean Flash the adjective of aren't these terrific? Aren't these really stylish? Aren't these really current? I was on the road doing uh, that show, the one-man show I do, Cocktails with Larry Miller, and... I went with my friend Pat Hazel into a store because I needed an undershirt. I had forgotten to pack a regular white undershirt for to wear under a dress shirt. And we went to the local Target. And inside there, there was a stand we started looking at that had superhero underwear. And it will always be Green Lantern for me. If they had Green Lantern underwear, I would still be living in that store. I Or, or I, would have, I would have bought the whole stand. And they didn't. But they did have, they had Batman, which I wasn't crazy about. I, I love Batman. I read it to the kids. I mean, I, I love Batman. But, uh, but the underwear was just, it was black with sort of a blue band on it. And then the, uh, well, the, the image of the bat in the front, let's just say. There's only one thing that could, that could be in the front, so it's in the front. But this, uh, the one that caught my eye, and I think would have caught your eye too, was the Flash underwear. And... Uh, it was, it's all cotton. It wasn't very high. They were what might be called bikini-ish as underwear. Speedo-esque. About the size of that. But they were red cotton. The waistband was yellow. And the little bands around the leg part were also yellow. And on the front was the yellow lightning bolt inside the white circle. That, of course... Everyone with any upbringing at all knows immediately as Flash. And the point is I saw these and Pat saw these. And so we thought it was funny and we each got a pair. Uh, they were $8 a piece. And Pat was going back to Texas the next day. But that night I was coming home. This job of, of, of the show Cocktails was only, uh, was only about two hours away. It was down close towards San Diego. And... So the theater was there, and I had a chance to go home before everyone was asleep that night. It was a weekend night, so it was Friday or Saturday night. And I drove home with my new Flash underwear, and my wife and the kids and the dog were in the big bed watching a movie. 
and uh, that's what we call it when everyone climbs in the big bed. And they were all there, and they were all toasty, and they were all cuddled up, and they were all fine. And I said, I came in and said, hi. Hey, everyone. It's good to see you. And naturally, being a family, they didn't answer right away because it just didn't matter that I got home. That's not true. They kind of have, they, they go, hi, hi, Dan, hi, and everything had the show go, great, fine. And I started to talk about it. And I walked just around to where my dresser is. There's a little turn in the room, a little L turn that just has about five feet in it. And so I quickly, as I was talking and as quietly as I could, I took off all my clothes and unwrapped, and I mean all my clothes, and unwrapped the flash underwear, the flash underpants. And remember, they're not large, even though even though I'm not necessarily the type of human body type who should be wearing, well, flash underwear. But I figured well, this is my kids, this is my wife, the dog doesn't know the difference anyway, or so he pretends. And so I took off all my clothes and uh, put on the flash underwear and pulled them up and did my best, by the way, to, you know, do a shoulder hunch, do something that, you know, would actually take some of the effect off. But as I came out, and I was still talking, they were still walking, I just said, uh, I just kind of strolled right out as if nothing was wrong. And I'd, I'm, I'm, I'm not wearing nothing but the flash underpants. And I just said, well... I think I'm ready to get into bed and maybe uh, have a quick late night bite. And they all turned around and looked at me. And they all, ah, it was a great, it was a howl laugh. It was, oh, it was, oh, daddy. And it was all like applause. And, oh, boy. Ah, big laugh. And that's one of those moments where you realize, number one, I'm glad I got the flash underwear. Number two, this will never occur again because I'm never going to wear these things again. And number three, that is every penny worth of an $8 laugh. That was a good $8 family laugh, and I heartily recommend it to, to all you guys who would like a family laugh like that, find the right way to come home. Or maybe, by the way, maybe it's a Thursday night, and you went out with a couple of the guys after work and had a couple of drinks, and you're coming home and the kids are already asleep. Maybe you can stop off at a gas station first and put the flash underpants on, under your pants, and then just say, say, honey, uh, you know, you're, you're really looking very pretty to me tonight. And as she starts to say, look, do me a favor, I'm very tired, you all just hold up your hand and say, wait, one second, I don't think you understand something. And then just drop your pants and show off the flash underpants, and you may not have anything else happen that night, but at least you will be able to say, that was also an $8 laugh. I am glad I did that. That, that is worth every penny to me. You see, sometimes, sometimes your wife needs to come along with certain things on the program. This is a quick story called A Boy and His Gun. One of my kids, my older kid, has been not obsessed with guns, but I think like any boy does. You know, long before, I have a theory that long before gunpowder was even invented, all boys around 6 or 8 or 10 years old, even 4,000 years ago, would just hold their thumb and index finger out and go bang, bang, bang. Somehow that seems to be a very boyish thing to do. And my son kept saying to me, it was just like a Christmas story, by the way. It was just like that, where he, that's what was so ironic to me, where he kept saying to me, hey, Dad, is there some way I could get a gun, like a like an air 
soft gun or a BB gun or something like that because his friends had them. And I told him that I was never allowed to do any of that. And I said, boy, I don't know. And my wife, God bless her, and that's the thing about marriage also. You don't want to make her the bad guy so that you say, well, I would except mommy. And mom just said, no, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way. And she did intone that great Melinda Dillon line. She said, you know what? You'll shoot your brother's eye out. And there's, she said, there's, there's just no way. I don't want guns around here, any kind of air, BB gun or anything like that. And he would say to me, and he kept finding out these places. And by the way, these kids do everything. They're good athletes. They're good students. They're, they were just kids. They're regular kids. And so he, would, he kept saying to me, hey, there's a place we can go that, you know, my friends want to go to. And I'd like you to take me there. And there was a place up, uh, up Sepulveda, uh, deeper into the valley, uh, of, oh, f- a few miles north, that, had, that has armor, that has, you know, like paintball armor that has all sorts of guns. And by the way, it's a very good demographic for me. Every time I've gone in there, I've gotten a very good comment. That people say, hey, I like the five levels of drinking. In any case, though, and, and, I, and I respond by always wearing my Green Lantern buttons. So I'm, I'm, we, could very, we could very well be at the same conven- convention. But the point is we went there and he said, gee, you know, and they, they really are pretty neat, by the way. You have, to be, you have to be kind of a brick not to get when you hold up. They have AK-47 uh, airsoft guns. And the point is, my wife, I still said to him, I can't do this. You can't ask mom again because she's always, she's going to say no. And, you know, don't set yourself up like that. Let's see how life goes. Just let it go for a while. But my wife, who, God bless her, is a very dear woman and she's very cool. She's way cooler than me in all sorts of ways. But she ultimately was the one who went and got him a gun. She got him one of those guns. She got him sort of, it's like a 45, it's like a 1911 45, but it's clear. And it's really, it's really cool. And he just flipped. He did an absolute chimp flip. And she said, okay, here are the rules. Number one, you can never be in the house and you can never do this and you can never do that. And uh, you can only set up little uh, paper cups or plastic cups, set them up as targets outside. And... Here's the thing. It's so weird. It's so weird, folks, the symmetry of these things. You and I not only love the movie A Christmas Story, I not only just mentioned that this is like that aspect of the story of A Christmas Story. We kept wanting the gun, and she said, you'll shoot your eye out. And it, and then that she just said no, and the mother just said no and no and no again. And you and I know what happened. And, folks, I am telling you, that he went out back once, and the thing, and he's been doing this a ton, and he loves it. And then the, the other one goes with him, the little one. Now, what are you going to do? How do you say to boys, no, don't don't have fun shooting the airsoft BB. No, not a BB. Is there airsoft? It goes it's fast. You can, you, well, you can knock someone's eye out with it. But, I mean, you can really hurt someone with it. But how do you say don't enjoy that? And one bounced off one of the metal railing things, and bopped into the other kid's head just off on the side. Just, it didn't bleed a lot. Okay, it bled, but it didn't bleed a lot. But I'm just saying it didn't, it wasn't like crazy blood. And I, they said, oh, dad, came so I came my wife was one of her friends, and they were doing a, a, a mom thing, a friend thing. They were getting their, their feet done and the eyes done, done and everything, you know, and the uh, a, a manicure, pedicure thing. And 
So they were off doing that, and I walked out. I said, oh, what happened to the thing? You shot yourself with the thing. You shot him with this. It bounced off that. Now, I wasn't mad. I couldn't stop laughing because this is just – it's a Christmas story that the first time he takes it out, it goes bing, bang. It, doesn't it bounce off a can? comes right back and cracks his glasses the very first time. And uh, so, I, first of all, I, I took him in the bathroom, and uh, – we have some peroxide. I know there's other stuff. Uh, we have Bactine, too. But I, with the, to me, there's the classic hydrogen peroxide. You put it on a cloth. You just pour it onto a thing. I said, here, hold this against your eye there. And it wasn't in his eye. It was off on the side. It wasn't, you know, it was way, way, oh, it was at least a third of an inch from the eye. But, I mean, it was just, so I said, hold this against your eye. Then I'm going to pour this on there. It didn't need stitch. It was just a thing. It was like, it was a, an abrasion that bled a tiny bit. And uh, so I I did that. I poured it on, and he said, hey, ow, hey. I said, ow, what do you mean, hey, ow? That doesn't hurt. Here, look, I'll put it on my cut. Said, hey, wait a minute, that does hurt. So then, so I cleaned him up, and uh, we waited to see if we'd need a bandage on it. Because if you put a bandage on a kid's, above a kid's eyebrow, it's going to look like Rocky Three. you know? I mean, he's going to look like, cut me, Mick. And so <laughs> you can't hide that. And I actually looked at them. I said, what are we going to? Now I I've never I don't I I don't I I wouldn't you know I wouldn't lie to uh, to my wife well, you know that's the whole point of of marriage partnership and unity and except in things like this when you have to not you you have to just omit you have to more or less just not uh, notice it so I said oh my gosh and they both got I said but now I can't teach them I can't teach them that either so I said you know let's just see what happens and. So nothing happened. She got home. Nothing happened. But to go to show you, it's so fun. Life is so amazing how it just goes. She got on. We, she and I had to put the kids to bed. And we had a, a drink together downstairs. And we just went upstairs and we're watching the news or something. Or watching some Boardwalk Empire rerun. And uh, she said to me, before we went to sleep, she said, out of nowhere, was that from the gun? And I said, I started to say, why, whatever do you mean? But I looked at him. Of course she knew. You'd have to be an idiot not to know. What, what, what did you think? It's not, it doesn't matter that it doesn't look like Rocky. And I said, well, and she, see, the thing is, she didn't want to come in and be the one to say, all right, I told you you can't, because they weren't being reckless with it. Well, yes, they were. Actually, they were being reckless with it because that's – go tell 10-year-old boys not to be reckless with something. In fact, go tell men. But she didn't want to be the one to say, all right, you know, give me that. So it more or less flew under the radar. And now some of you out there can say, well, this is reckless. You can't get things like that for kids. Well, I I, I don't know. My kids play football and baseball and they've been bammed around and – Thank God so far the the bumps and scrapes have been just bumping bumps and scrapes and kids get hurt. But I don't know how you tell kids, no, just just sit home and play video games or just just use a coloring book, especially when they get in their 30s. But I mean, so at any rate, maybe it's reckless to have gotten that, but they love it. They just love it. And you know what? Ah, maybe we'll get lucky and stay lucky. In any case, you know what? This luck means all the thing in the world. By the way, Cocktails with Larry Miller. I'm going to be in February 3rd at Stowe, Vermont in the Spruce Peak PAC. That's the Performing Arts Center. And on February 4th 
in Corona, New York, and Queens at the Queens Theater. That's two shows. There's a matinee and an evening show. That's a Saturday night. And on February 11th in Lincoln, Nebraska, at the Lead Center, it's spelled L-I-E-D, but it's pronounced L-E-E-D. You know why? I don't know, but it is. And so each one of those nights, by the way, the Larry Miller Drinking Society will be meeting and new members will be inducted. And that's the way it should be. The show's podcast, by the way, the website is LarryMillerPodcast.com. I think I'm getting much better at that. I don't care what you say. The show's website is LarryMillerPodcast.com. Check out our show's Facebook page at Facebook.com slash podcast. My website is LarryMillerHumor.com. Follow me on Twitter at Larry J. Miller. And as always, as we like to say, all roads lead to Rome because it's perfectly appropriate because, as you know, Homer is Homer. And as our friend Mark Casebolt just reminded us on those great swizzle sticks, and Pluto is a planet. So, folks, take care. And until next time, remember, as always... If you walked out of bed today and had a job to go to and a home to come back to and someone there who cares about you, folks, the game's over and you've won. And that is the truth, whether your beef jerky is really good or not. Join us again next week here on Ace Broadcasting. We'll see you here. (laughs) I was really enjoying... Sorry. How am I doing so far? Is it a good show?